everybody, welcome back to We Are the Batman. I'm Mike. And this is Matthew. Hey, if you're listening to this episode right now, that means we were out of ideas. Uh, or we uh, <laughs> or, or we got busy and had a week where we just, uh, we did not have time or the opportunity or whatever the case might be uh, to record a fresh new episode. So what we've decided to do is we're going to start doing some uh, Batman DC adjacent movie breakdowns uh, just to have so that way you never miss a chance to listen to our lovely voices talk about things. Yes. Uh, due to due to something that I messed up on is yeah. I had a wedding uh, during the week and I wasn't didn't have the mind to tell Mike like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to record until Friday morning. And he was like, that's yeah. a great story. I cannot record Friday morning. <laughs> cannot record Friday morning. <laughs> um, and it was just it was one of those where we had gone so long constantly doing weekly episodes because stuff was always happening or going down. And we had a couple episodes in the can and then we used it finally to give ourselves a break. And then we never re-upped on, on our canned episodes. So, uh, so this is, this is just one of several, uh, we're, we're making a point to make sure we put a bunch of these in the can to have, uh, but, but still keeping it on topic. It might not always be a Batman focused episode, but it will be on topic to say the DC least. Adjacent, uh, DC adjacent DC. adjacent. Yeah. Um, and so we figured, look, we're doing a whole damn show about Batman stuff. Uh, how, we got to talk about Superman at some point. Yeah. Uh, so doing doing a dive, not a super hour long deep dive, but a dive nonetheless into the first real serious attempt, I think, like genuinely serious, legitimate cinematic attempt at a superhero movie in uh, Dick Donner's 1978 Superman, the movie starring Christopher Reeve, um, Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Margot Kidder. Uh, where, what, there's no better place to, to, to do that with. Um, I watched this last night because uh, I realized that it had been a few years since I had last seen it. And, uh, you know, Matt, uh, where do you sit with this movie? <laughs> I I think this kind of I think you have to put it in the same um kind of genre same space as the 66 Batman. Mm-hmm. It is the Superman of that time. And even though yep. Christopher Reeves' performance in this movie in particular and is amazing, it still holds up. Everything else around that is dated as hell. <laughs> Yeah. And it looks like now it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this this morning is like watching the movie. Like I watched it. My wife and I intentionally watched it probably like five years ago. And I remember mm-hmm. going like this movie looks like a movie made now as a period piece. That's what it feels like because oh, the weird thing, the weird thing about it is like we take computers for granted because mm-hmm. especially you, cause you're like 10, 15 years younger than me. Like you grew up with a computer being in the house. That mm-hmm. happens as I'm in my early. I, I, also, I also grew up with a graphic designer of a mother, so that's another reason why there was a computer in yeah. our house. Well, even as I, like my dad was a computer programmer, so I technically had computers yeah. all my life, but it wasn't as an appliance like it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, and now of course we just kind of transitioned away from it with smartphones and tablets. But my point is, is like you watch this movie; it's from 1978, and like you would never go to a newsroom and there's not a computer on every desk. There's mm-hmm. typewriters. No one has Look, a cell I, phone. I, no one has this. I worked at a news station for eight years up until last year. Like there was a com- the computers everywhere. Yeah. When, when the pandemic hit and it was time to send everybody home, it was like, 
oh shit now what um so so yeah like like literally the computers everywhere in a newsroom is 100 percent true yeah but then when you look at this movie it's like no it's not. so i think that there's definitely elements it's a it's a it looks like a period piece movie now but at the mm-hmm. time it was current um so i think but i yeah. do think like the lex luther gene hackman is playing is the lex luther of the 70s mad scientist lex luther yeah the businessman lex luther doesn't happen to like the mid to late 80s yeah um, do you mean like, I, I don't mean this to be political, but it wasn't until the late eighties, early nineties that, that Lex Luthor became an accidental Trump metaphor. Like that was completely <laughs> by accident. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. Now you look back on it now and it's like, now when people see th- these takes on Lex Luthor, their first thought is, are they trying to do a, a, a period? It was like, no, that's just kind of how it's been done. That was by accident. <laughs> but yeah, up until, up until then, uh, yeah, Lex Luthor was to quote Gene Hackman in this movie, the greatest criminal mind of our of our of the next of the of the century, which is the one of the most seventies lines of dialogue. Yes. Like that is straight out of a goddamn comic book. Um, and and bless Gene Hackman, he is doing this version of Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is already one of my least favorite villains. Like, and that's why this is a weird thing for me to talk about. Lex Luthor is one of my least favorite supervillains. And I am not particularly a big Superman fan. Yes. Uh, he just, I know that for a lot of people, he is everything they need him to be. And 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 it's it just never been that for me. I've always had a hard time relating to Superman. It's not until you get into the late 90s, early 2000s, even before you get to like Henry Cavill's Superman. Henry Cavill's Superman was the first time I watched Superman. I was kind of like, Oh, hell yeah. Like, this is because he was flawed. Um, up until now, particularly with, with the Christopher Reeve version, Superman is perfect. Yeah. He's a perfect human being. Or not human being, but he's a perfect specimen. So um, so that that's a little tough for me to reconcile, especially watching this movie last night like I did, is it's like trying to approach this movie from a purely filmmaking standpoint. Man, they did a good job. Uh, it it really feels like a legitimate uh, attempt. This is not them making something just for kids, which is what '60s Batman was. It's like, yes. no, we're trying to make a movie that just happens to be about Superman. That being said, I don't need seven minutes of credits at the beginning of this movie because <laughs> at one point I found myself playing on my phone. Because the credits were still going on. <laughs> Dude, that's what the movies were like back then. They were all I, like I know that. they were. But back then, the credits took a while because there was a lot of names to list. This one took a while because there were a lot of names to list. And every name got 30 seconds of graphics and, and, and all that coming in. And it's like, okay, not everybody needs their own star swipe, guys. Like, we can just block text this thing. We got guys. It's a two and a half hour movie. We've spent ten minutes on the credits. Like, Look, this is come, this is p- before digital editing, so they couldn't cut down the John Williams score to be a three minute thing. <laughs> well, then you just say, hey, "Hey, John, hey, hey John, hey, John, John, little shorter, little shorter." <laughs> hey, I, I'm not going to say I've ever I've watched the credits in the entirety in the last thirty years, but. Uh, <laughs> I, it was one of those, I, I, at one point I considered like, maybe I should just skip through these, but it was, it was, 
I was just sitting on the couch. I was like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I'm, just, I'm sitting here eating dinner. I'm just, this, this gives me time to eat. I finished my dinner before the credits were over, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just, that was my biggest gripe watching it last night was I was like, because it was the same gripe. I, I love Andor. I love the Andor series on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Intros too damn long. Gotcha. Too, too goddamn long. Gotcha. Uh, it, was, it was like a 45-second intro of like just the logo. Uh, so it was kind of my same complaint with this. I was like, guys, come on, come on. Also star Wars come out at this point, put the credits at the end, put the credits at the end. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, We, we, we can swap a year before. Yeah. No, I like, um, do we want to go into performances? How you want to do, you want me to, cause I have, I have one thing. That's that's really, that's really where, where, because I don't want to rip this movie a new one. Because ultimately, I did like, I enjoyed the movie. It's not a bad movie. Like, I don't, I, that, that sounds like I'm, I hate this movie. No, I, this movie's very good. It's very good. But the part of what makes it so good is because everybody who's in it is bringing 110% with what they've got as a script. And the script isn't bad. It's just dated as hell. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, this is, this is, it's kind of like Robocop. Like, Robocop was cool as crap in 86, but you watch it now, yeah. you're like, this is not the future. This is I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. But but no, I think that with this movie, like you're right. Every performance is outstanding. Like, look, Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve have incredible chemistry. It is totally obvious she is in love with him and he's in love with her. Is she an attractive woman? Not particularly. Like there is uh, not by our standards anyway. No, but well, I'm just saying, like, I've never thought she was an attractive woman, even when I was younger. But I mean, yeah. I'm not trying. I'm not knocking her. Like she's not ugly. But I'm just saying, like, there's a a, a look at this of like what? Well, I was gonna say, like Lois Lane is always portrayed as like a fucking bombshell knockout. Like can can charm her way into any room, and and Margot Kidder, Mar- they were going they were going for um, performance. It was for like like in performing the role of Lois Lane. Margot Kidder knocks it out of the oh, park. Yes, yes. It's it, it's the it's it's like it's the, it's the conversation everybody has about like the like Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman of like, did she physically represent what we think of when it comes to Wonder Woman? Not particularly. Did she nail what they were going for tonally though? Oh, thousand percent. Maybe, but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but no, you are correct. Is that there's because even Christopher Reeve, like, it's kind of weird, like. He's more in shape than I can remember him being, but he's not swole Henry Cavill or swole um, Brandon Ralph. Like no, we we still haven't reached that generation of film. Yeah, of, so of he's he's in edge. much better shape because there's like if you watch the director's cut of this movie, there's a scene of him in the suit when he he's like at the beginning of production, and you can tell how lean and small he is. And it looks borderline ridiculous that he's in the suit. Yeah. But no, I think his performance alone elevates it. And I will say this, and this leaks into some future movie things that we were going to say. I think oftentimes when it comes to casting actors in roles like this, that are going to be franchises, we say somebody's definitive, but it's just because they were the first. Yeah, you hear that a lot with like when people talk about Sean Connery as James Bond or like, Michael Keaton. Oh, he's a definitive James Bond. Yeah. He's Batman. It's like no, they just they they were good. Yeah, they just did it first. But I think Christopher Reeve is definitive. 
thousand percent. Like, like, like Christopher Reeves, like he did, it wasn't just, he was like the OG. I mean, he wasn't the first, but he's kind of, it's, it's like Adam West. He wasn't the first one to play him, but he was the first one to play him seriously. And he sets the tone. Oh yeah. The fact that this is like one of his first gigs is insane. Mm-hmm. That that either he was very easily molded by them, or he just was toned dialed in so much. Like, dude, that whole like he's hunched. Like, I know I'm doing it for you because you can see, but but he's hunched over and he does that. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, Lois, I really think we should hurry up. But by the way, I, oh. think I have to tell you something. Yeah, his separation Lois, of the characters yeah. is 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 it's nuts. It it. Because the same thing has to be said about like whoever plays Batman is you've got to be able to separate the characters of Batman, Playboy Bruce Wayne, and real Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And with Superman Clark Kent, Clark Kent and Superman, like how how does it work with him just putting on glasses? It's not just about putting on glasses. Yeah. It's about separating these two personas as much as possible. Yeah. And I thought that was it was it was cool. Like even even later on. Because the thing of it is, is like, like he's Superman through and through the fact that she saves him knowing that he'll tell the truth and you believe that he will do what he says, even though it's going against what he wants to do. And then I think my, my other favorite moment is when like Luther tells, uh, whatever his, what is this? Otis, Otis, take his case. And he goes over and he just looks at him and you're like, you're like Superman's about to throw you to the moon. <laughs> Don't touch. Walk, walk away, Ned Beatty. Walk away. <laughs> Just walk away. And it's not like an over aggressive, moody, like, Ur. it's just this, like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, one of my favorite from, from, from uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett when Timothy Oliphant is playing, uh, playing the Marshall, Marshall Cobb and he, people go to pull their gun on him and he just pulls his first and goes, think it through. Yeah. Think it through. Yeah. Think about what you're about to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's it, such a great, cause you rarely see him be angry or that way. Like you see him destroyed at the end when, yeah. you know, things happen and he has to, you know, alter reality, but Lois dies guys. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was made in 78. Yeah. It's almost 50 Spoilers. years old. What am I doing? I'm sorry. <laughs> But I just love that moment of like, you just have that thing of like, like, I'm a nice guy, but I'm going to kill you if you touch me. <laughs> I'm not saying I will, but I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, Chris, Christopher Reeve is, was, I, I hate saying was, cause I know he's, I know he's gone, but uh, um, he just, yeah, this was like his, like other than like a couple of small TV roles, this was like his, this was his breakout role he had done one other movie before this and like he just and he just got it yeah he 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 he, he understood the assignment yeah. and and he when he finally after he say when he first become when he's first superman in costume and he saves lois in the helicopter and he just kind of goes around metropolis just kind of like you know making some statements yeah he is so, that is my favorite sequence in the movie. I think is when he's first Superman and he goes, stops the jewel thief, stops the guy stealing the boat, gets the kitten out of the tree, and, you know, saves Lois in the helicopter. That's my favorite moment in the movie because that whole sequence, he's so dialed in to being Superman. Yeah, 
immediately followed up with everybody in Perry White's office. And he's just, he's just, he's just being timid little Clark. Yeah. But I, I love the moment when Perry is like, I want to know everything about him. I want to know who his favorite ball team is. And Clark's about to speak up and answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually it's, <laughs> it just, yeah, it, that whole, he's, because you're because you're juxtaposing his performance as Superman with immediately seeing him back as being mild man at Clark Kent, and and it just it baffles me how well he was able to craft two separate characters and play them both as two separate people. Yeah, how he no Lois, I really think you should give him your purse. Catches bullet, acts <laughs> like he faints. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it's 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 so good. You know, we 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 mentioned in a, in a, in a, another episode that we did uh, that the uh, the idea for a good Superman is you got to have a good smile. Chris Reeve's got a hell of a smile. Oh, yeah. He's got a he he's got a smile that'll charm the pants off anybody. He's uh he's he's so great. I was reading online; he was picked from over two hundred actors. Yes. They, out of 200 actors. If, if you want a fascinating journey, if you get the Superman DVD, mm. the flip side of the DVD, that's how much is in there, is like a two-hour documentary about them making the movie, and half of it is about casting Superman. It's wild. That they went through everybody, and Richard Donner talks about, like, they screen-tested him, and that... It, they did that scene where they're doing the interview for the for the newspaper and he's standing mm-hmm. on the 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 little wall and he jumps down and does good evening miss lane and just starts talking to her and he oh. and richard donner said the moment he said that he looked at the guys and he's like we got him like yeah. i don't need anything else at this point and they let him do it and they were like yep you're him this is it that that scene's a little hard to watch cuz cuz the dialogue is extremely dated in that scene <laughs> but but the exchange itself, like like the the back and forth between Chris Reeve and, and Margot Kidder, is so good, and yeah. it feels natural. Again, it's it's cheesy and dated as hell. Yeah, but they're selling it in such a way. Like <laughs> when she give when she gives him crap uh, early in the movie for saying, "Well, gee, that sounds swell." She's like, "Nobody talks like that anymore." And I'm like, "Yeah." Even in the even in seventy eight, saying that was was super cheesy. But also, he just does such a good job of selling the cheesiness that comes with yeah. being Clark Kent uh, th- that you can't help but buy. It. Oh, that, that the one part that always cracks me up. That's kind of like whoa. Is when um, she's like, "What color are my panties?" And he's like, "Oh, I can't see through this. Is lead." And then she walks off. He's like, "Pink." They're pink. Your mic is your mic is buzzing. How about now? Okay, now you're good. Okay. That part where she's like, can you see, you know, what color are my panties? And she says he has x-ray vision. And she, he's like, oh, I can't yeah. see this because it's lead. <laughs> and then she Take walks away back. and he's like, pink, they're pink. And you're like, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of, it's not bad, uh, but it's like one of those things where you watch that now oof. and go like, settle down there, bro. Uh, I know she asked you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because yeah. even, I, like I said, I watched it last night and that whole scene, I was just kind of like, uh, uh, so dumb. Now, as fantastic as that all is, the part where they fly away and all the weird stuff—that's kind of weird. But, but also, I really got to give this movie credit. Like, 
because because this is this is still before like CGI was really a thing. Everything was like green screens and really clever editing. Yeah. And when I say green screens, I don't mean like today where you're in like a giant room that's green. It's like no, it was literally like like a green sheet that somebody yeah. held up or and, back and you, back shot, back shots and and matte paintings. Like this movie's, I hate to use the term special effects, but just the way the, the movie magic let's call it that the movie magic particularly with with him as superman is is like mwah. I, it, like it's 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 incredible watching it now and again and again i'm talking i live in a world where i have seen a movie where they've digitally de-aged uh, uh michael douglas in the first ant-man to where i was like how did they do that yeah. like i've seen Thanos look real on a movie screen um and yet something about seeing this movie and how well they executed the the the, the fantastical elements of a Superman movie in 1978 with just film editing yeah. is insane to me there's two things i'll say about that number one i remember when i watched superman returns superman Re what is the one with brandon routh called this return superman, superman returns and i remember thinking like it's 20 years later and the flying doesn't look any better yeah but then two there's this all right do, do you like everything in kansas is mm -hmm. mind-blowing because it's, so it's real yeah it's real it's like, on location now, so here's one. This was also from that documentary. It's insane. Do you remember the funeral scene when his father's died? And yeah. his mom are talking and there's that church behind them on the hill? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Richard Donner tells a story that their location shouting. They've got the funeral and there's this church down the hill. And he's like, I love that church. I really wish we could have mm -hmm. it in the shot. And the production designer and the DP, the DP goes like, yeah, there's no way. And the production designer is like, that church is like, yeah, they come back the next day. The guy rebuilt the church as a 12 foot tall model. Oh, wow. So that, that, so that church behind them in that scene is a model that's 12 feet tall. Oh, perspective to look like it's they did forced perspective. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is, that's so good. Because they, they do that in Elf, in the Will Ferrell Elf movie. Yeah. When he's with the elves, none and he's all huge and all that, like almost none of that CGI. Yeah. It's it's forced perspective. Yeah, same with the Lord of the Rings stuff, too, a lot of times. Yeah. The, yeah, they weren't actually that short, guys. But, uh, but so. it's interesting to think about, like, we could it's, do that that's, stuff. That's if you have yeah. somebody who's good enough at building that. Now, I would do that, and it would be like a Lego castle. But... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just some of the things that they did, it's, it's like, I think we, to talk about the CG, I think we so much lean into what we'll just digitally do it. Yeah. And if you just have somebody who knows what they're doing, we, we're. Every, every post-production guy is the one thing they never like to hear. Hey, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Stop saying that. <laughs> I remember, you know, we may need to cut this out, but I remember we were, when I was doing indie film and we were talking about doing a superhero movie. And I was like, dude, I think we can do the Star Wars thing to make people fly. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, look, if you look at the original Star Wars, all they had is they had a model on a on a thing and the mm -hmm. camera would fly by the model. Mm -hmm. And then they would put the background in later. So we yep. did tests, me and this other actress and the guy. And like, it's like, all right, we put a green screen up and then we like laid down on the table 
And I would just like hold the camera and then I would walk toward them and go, Hey, lean to your, lean to your right. So as mm-hmm. I bring the camera in, then I would move the camera, lean to your left. So like you could make somebody weave through buildings or like, Hey, yeah. look at the camera. I'm going to fly towards you with the camera. And I remember my, when we are doing it and that dude is like, this is stupid. Like, mm-hmm. this is so stupid. Like two months later, he messaged me. He's like, dude, you were on something. He's yeah. like, I found that footage. I started playing with it. And yeah, we could do this. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, no. Back then you had to. They did that in Star Wars. Like, that's how that stuff yeah. worked. Because you had to, that's how you had to do it back then. Yeah. But that's also where things like, you know, the the uh, the LED volume stage that we that a lot of folks use nowadays comes into play. Like when you watch the Batman, a lot of that car chase sequence was shot on the volume set. That's honestly such a people look at it like it's a step forward in technology. I view it as no, we're just kind of repurposing old techniques yeah. with new tech. That's kind of how they used to do it was they would have them be in the model car or whatever and have, you know, the matte painting on a wheel rolling and they Correct. would turn it. And then we got into a world of like, yeah, it was them on that. We would just CGI everything. No, we're back to kind of revisiting old techniques because it looks more real Yeah, because they're, actually doing it now yeah the, um, the volume is a is a is a living matte painting <laughs> it is you know when you want to shoot something at golden hour now you can have it be perpetually golden hour yes. um and you can mold it however you need it to be it and a lot and that to take that back to this movie you know that's what they were doing in the 70s with just less tech they were like this is what we want it to do yeah how do we make it do it yeah and we have the charm of it the charm of like look at christopher reeve talk to somebody and then in the same shot fly away when he drops off the jewel thief with the cop after he pulls him off the window he flies away and i remember again i I think i went back and rewound a couple times last night i was just kind of like that's really good yeah. Because especially when you start looking at the sequels to this movie where they yeah. phone it in hard. Yeah, there's a couple uh, of those that just mm, like it's Superman three where every time he flies, it's just the same shot of him flying at the camera over mm-hmm. and over and over. Again. Hey, here here's one. You didn't even notice it. There's a there's a one take and Christopher mm-hmm. Reeves in both. Is you it's at the end of the interview, he's dropped her off. She's mm. on the patio. He flies away. She turns, opens a door, and there's Christopher Reeve as uh, Clark Kent. Oh yeah, I did notice that. So yeah. it's back. It's a back shot oh, on a okay. wall. That stuff, and he's he's always in behind the door as Clark Kent. But it's like you can't tell because they did such a great job. It's very and good because you had to. Well, and you don't think about it because I told Ryan yeah. I was like, "Hey, look at this," and she's like, "Oh, wait a minute." How did they do that? Like, yeah, he didn't fly off and run around the stage and dress dress into Clark Kent real quick. It's a back, it's a back shot. It's mm-hmm. just in, insane some of the crap they were able to do. Well, that's why with some of the shots when you go to Star Wars, which was the year before when uh, Obi Wan is facing down Vader and he turns his lightsaber on, and I've noticed this since I was a kid. There's a cut right there, yeah, uh, because they hadn't perfected the lightsaber tech yet. So there's a hard cut whenever he turns his lightsaber. In the first Star Wars, anytime someone turns on a lightsaber, which is all three times in that movie, <laughs> there's, always, there's always a hard cut because uh, they hadn't figured out 
yeah. quite the method for for the lightsabers yet. Yeah, that that first um, Star Wars movie is hard to watch in HD and Blu-ray. Well, which is crazy because like with this one, you know, I watched it on Max, and like, you know, this is the updated uh, yeah. remastered version. Yeah. This movie looks good oh, in yeah. HD. This movie looks very good in HD. There's like two or three shots that you're like, yeah, that's a backlit shot. Like you can eh. kind of tell, but I mean, it is what it is. But for the yeah. most part, yeah, it's they did everything practical. So it's just insane. So between performances, practical effects, extremely well casted, extremely well directed. This movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, again, you have to understand what it is. The Lex Luthor yeah. thing is stuff is kind of weird. But um, but even that, again, uh, Gene Hackman is working with what he's got. He's got to play the quintessential 70s criminal mastermind. Uh, it's not it's not the, the deepest of roles. It's pretty, pretty on the nose. You know, you're you're super smart. You're just evil for the sake of being evil. Got a bumbling sidekick. Ned Beatty is wonderful as Otis. Don't change a thing. Uh, <laughs> and, and again, yeah, he's he's working with what he's got. Now, I will say this. I don't know if you're familiar with the How It Should Have Ended cartoons on YouTube. Yes. Uh, how It Should Have Ended Superman the movie is pretty spectacular. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's it's one of the first ones they did. And um, it's it, it, it does... I, I couldn't help but live with that in my head while watching the ending of this movie, which is just, you know, that's right. Two missiles. Even you yeah. with your great speed could not yeah. catch both. Boom, boom. Oh, you mean these yeah, two these missiles? Two, are these the ones? These ones right here? <laughs> I, mean, I flew around the world a few times and I couldn't find any other giant missiles. So I guess you just meant these ones here. <laughs> and yes, yes. It's, it's, and especially because it ends with with him in, in the cafe with Batman. And it's it's the bat the, the superhero cafe that how it should have ended does is, is seriously. Outstanding. So then what you do? So then what'd you do? Oh, you know, I made sure Otis went to jail and made out with Lois Lane for a bit. Flew into the, flew into the space, smiled for the camera, winked, and panned off screen. Yeah. Uh, How else would you end a Superman movie? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know what Batman would have done? He'd have thrown a batarang at him. Yeah. yeah. But then how would you stop the missiles? I just don't got a bat missile stopping gadget. <laughs> I'm a utility belt. That's what I do. Um, it's one of the some of the best videos on, on the internet. Yes, guys. I love uh, those. I love those to death. It's so good. Yeah, Gene, Gene Hackman, look, he's, he's working with what he's got. Is 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 what he got to work with the best thing in the world? No, it's seventies Lex Luthor. Seventies Lex Luthor kind of sucked. It was not yeah. not a good villain. Uh, it, it was what it was. But Gene Hackman sells it. Yeah, he, he again again he is given a hundred and ten percent in this movie. And you know this is Gene Hackman who at this point he had done the French Connection at this point. Yes, right? French Connection in yeah. the early seventies. Early seventies. Yeah, he had done that. Um, he, you know, obviously, you know, he had done Never Sang for My Father. He had done Bonnie and Clyde. Like, like this is Gene Hackman. Like, there's a reason Gene Hackman's name is going to go down in film history. Because uh, by this point, he had already just already, you know, picked up uh, Oscar nominations and wins, uh, you know. So he's he's like, yeah, this is this is silly. I'm going to make it as believably silly as possible. Yeah. And um, I, 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 again, I can't knock like everything in this movie is as good as it can be. It's a very good movie. It's just of its time. Yes. And once you can set that aside, even if you're not particularly a Superman fan, kind of like the way I am, I still had a good time watching this movie. It's, it's incredible. It really is. And it, it's, it hits you in the feels when it needs to hit you in the feels. 
yeah. you know, it's just, just skip the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward <laughs> to the credits. Just fast forward to the seven minutes of credits. That's all. <laughs> and, and I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it to you, but um, I really feel like Miss Tessmacher is the template for Harley Quinn. Oh, I I would be I would bet money that Bruce Tim was in some way inspired yeah. by by Miss Tessmacher for for Harley same, Quinn. I'd be, same hairdo, I'd be same look, yeah. same kind of thing. So yeah, I, oh, I, I've sure. always like. Wait a minute, is this Tessmacher or Harley Quinn for Tessmacher? Eve Tessmacher is one of those characters who like just kind of she like she shows up in the Arrowverse stuff. See, but she didn't. Like, I don't believe she exists in the comics. She's from the movie. Um, th- that is a. Good question. Actually, I'm googling it up here. No, she um, she was in the comics. Was she? Well, okay. To the back. Her first appearance was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Her first appearance. She's one of those characters who becomes yeah comics book canon after her appearance. Um, you know, because because she's she's in Superman Returns. Uh, it's um, well, no, she's a different character, but it's basically the same thing with the, with uh, Parker Posey. Um, yeah. In Superman Returns, but yeah, she shows up in Smallville at one point. Um, she shows up in uh, uh, Supergirl, the Arrowverse show. Yeah, so it's a character that's that stood. But but yeah, I I would be shocked as hell if they didn't pull some inspiration for Harley Quinn uh, from Tess Mocker, at least a little bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, guys, Superman the movie. It's a good movie. It's on HBO Max. Go watch it. If you have, if you're like me and maybe you haven't watched it in a long time because you're just like, hey. Eh, whatever uh, give it another look there's a reason that people but also and we didn't really talk about it much but just just to give it some acknowledgement john williams score man that john that john williams superman theme is is, is it's good it's john williams so of course it's good the entire music of this film is just outstanding yeah. across the board to me this movie's this movie's got such good music but again it's john williams so of course it does um and as I'm looking at, as I'm looking here right now, yeah, part, I mentioned like the editing being so good. It's Stuart Baird who, who edited it, which if you don't know who Stuart Baird is, watch some Star Trek. He like, he's worked on Star Trek. Like some of the best editing out there has been done by Stuart Baird. Like he is, he is a standard. Uh, this movie's, this movie's, this movie's very good. So like I said, if, if whether or not you're a Superman fan, if you're just a DC fan, a comic book property fan, Put yourself in the mindset of this was made in the seventies. Give it a shot. Yeah. You might you might you might surprise yourself. And and I and here's my last kind of comment on this film. I also believe that Chris Evans watched this movie and went, "That's how I should play Captain America." That, oh 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 absolutely <laughs> oh absolutely. That's that's not to me. That's that's if he, if he didn't, I'd be shocked. Yeah, is what. Yeah, it's it's very evident. Um, because Superman and Captain America are two characters that were kind of cut from the same cloth. They yeah. were kind of introduced as sort of not propaganda, but you know, they were both introduced in a time where American patriotism was high and anti-Nazism was even higher. And they were there, you know, some of their earliest adventures are these Captain America, especially are there fighting Nazis. Yeah. So it's absolutely yeah. This there's a reason this movie has the legacy that it does. Um, so take them take some time uh, over the weekend and 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 watch this sucker. See what you guys think. Uh, speaking as someone who is not a big Superman fan, I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. And uh, I it's again it reaffirmed for me. Oh yeah, that's that's why people still talk about this movie. Yeah, I get it. 
Definitely. Yeah, I definitely get it. So that's what we think. We always want to hear what you guys think. You can let us know by heading over to our website, podpage.com slash we are the Batman. You can also let us know on Twitter at we are the Batman. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mike Shea. Find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja. We will see you guys. We won't see you, but we'll talk to you guys again next time on a new episode of We Are the Batman. Same bat time, same bat podcast channel. Bye bye.